Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Hey, tonight, I know it's a little soggy now, but tonight's supposed to clear up a little bit, and it's going to be a nice night. Cherry Pie rocking the stage out at the Wisconsin State Fair Park, and it is the Bud Pavilion, Wednesday Night Live. Tonight, if you're not heading down to the Brew Crew game, maybe stop over, catch some tunes, watch the game that on the many big screens they have there at the Budweiser Pavilion, all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We bring him in now from your Milwaukee Brewers center fielder, Tyrone Taylor, joining us on the hotline. Tyrone, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So take me now inside the clubhouse. Uh, you guys have a losing streak going on. You know that. But uh, as I was telling people today after listening to some of the comments last night driving home and people jumping off uh, the bridge on Twitter, it's kind of like you're still in first place. You guys have been really banged up. You look, if you can go through this adversity this early in the season and stay on top, you actually got to look at this as a glass is half full, right? Yeah, for sure. We had, we've had a couple, we've also had a few injuries and uh, we got guys coming back from them now. So uh, we just got off a long road trip, had a little off day yes, or a couple days ago, which got us a little refreshed. So we should, we're all right. It's just part of the game, man. So you, you go through streaks where you're winning a bunch, and then you go through little ones where you're losing. Just try to just try to minimize the losing ones and uh, keep keep your head straight and uh, go out there and try to win ball games. Uh, last night, I know it was like uh, what could go wrong went wrong when all of a sudden Josh Hader becomes human again. Because for a lot of us, uh, we were starting to think he was some kind of an android that just went up there and did his thing. But you knew it was bound to happen. You didn't want it to happen in that situation. But uh, like I said. You knew it was bound to happen at some point. So now the, the, the streak is done. The air is out of the balloon. Now you just kind of get back to doing what you do, right? Yeah, 100%. That's, that's how it was even for us, honestly. We, we, I'm sure every other guy like me went out there in the ninth inning. We're like, oh, we got this one in the bag because that's how confident we are in Josh because he is the man out there. But uh, it, like I said, it's part, it's part of the game. It happens. Uh, he's, he's still the best reliever I've ever seen uh play baseball so it's, it's fun to play behind him and having that confidence that you know when he comes in the, the game is most, more than likely done so he'll keep he'll keep it rolling start a new it's time so, to start a new streak now for him yeah, oh absolutely I, I that's kind of the way you look at it you just start over okay the air's out of the balloon let's go now now uh, all the pressure's yeah. off no you don't have to worry about streaks or anything now you just kind of get back at it so, offensively speaking, this team has been at, you've been averaging more than four runs per game on the season, which is solid, and that's what you want. But lately, it's been a little bit of a struggle at the plate at times. It is you know we all know it, hitting it can be contagious in Major League Baseball. Is also non-hitting and the pressure that comes with that does that become contagious as well? Um, that's a good question. I, I've never really focused on that. I like to I like to focus on the hitting being contagious part for the positive, but, uh, I think, I think we're just going to, it's just, it's just part of it, man. You go through times where everything's going right for you. And then you go through other times where it's, it's not going well, but, uh, every day is a new day. So we're, we're excited for today and to get this day going. And, uh, hopefully we come out with a win today. So when you get into a funk offensively, you personally, what do you do? What Because, you know, the old adage is for the fans, well, you've got to get back at it and hit on the tee and do that. What do you like to do? What What, what is your kind of preference? Uh, I just like, I like to come in every day uh, and just try to work on getting better, whether it's, uh, I, I have a good idea of what 
my swing's supposed to feel like and what the right mechanics I am aiming for is. So I just go to the cage every day and try to work on uh, either my swing path or using my lower half or staying closed and things like that. But I, I don't, uh, I don't focus on the results like that. I just focus on things I can control. So also, do you then get into the analytics of, okay, uh, I'm not taking the first pitch. I'm going to start swinging at the first pitch or this, you know, because there's a lot that goes into hitting when you sit down and analyze each pitcher, isn't there? It's maybe this guy's a first ball, fastball guy all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good question. That's that's one of the things I feel like uh, is one of the new newer things that you could develop for your approach wise. Uh, like whether it's like two strike swing percentage, like how often you swing at those because the pitchers try to throw their best pitches with two strikes, you know, to get you to chase and out of the zone. Uh, little things like that have helped me for sure. Uh, like walk walk percentage or just watching watching a video and seeing how they're pitching you from strike to from strike to ball and like laying off those good pitches and stuff like that those are definitely things i try to implement in my approach and things i try to get better at talking with brewery center fielder tyrone taylor um you look at other guys that are struggling um do you how how do you interact with those i mean because to me it's probably pretty normal in a clubhouse uh, outside as fans there's a lot of pressure because you're wanting these guys to kind of pick it up so to speak but internally is is do you talk to a guy do you guys bounce ideas off of one another or is it just you know hey if a guy's struggling just leave him alone let him figure it out himself uh, i think it de- i think it depends on the person individually uh some guys like some guys like to be working on mechanics constantly or being uh told by other teammates and bouncing uh, like bouncing uh, opinions off of one another and some guys like to be left alone and figure it out on, on by themselves so I think it just depends on each person but if you're um, if you're going through it if you're going through it for each person uh, I think we all have an understanding of like how how baseball is and how hard it is so we 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 like are bummed that we're not performing well and helping the team but at the same time we know that it's going to come eventually when the shift is on, certain players face the shift. Is the shift something you talk about? Like, hey, you got to go the opposite way. You got to lay down a bunt. You got to make them honest. You, or do you just do you still go up there with a grip it and rip it mentality? Um, depends on the situation. Just as if you know, you're trying to get either one for a base hit or two to move a guy over. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because I know fans get into all of that, and they want to see you drop down a bun all the time, and that's the way to kind of get things rejuvenated. And do you guys work on that? I, and I wanted to ask because that's the number one thing people talk about. You got to get a guy over. You got to move a guy over. You got to get a runner in scoring position. You got to drop down a bun. Do you work on that very much? Um, we have, yeah, we'll have like we'll have like early bunting days, and then uh, situation wise, it's like something that you do while you're taking batting practice or. Or in the cage, you just have it's you just have the mindset of uh, you visualize the situation happening, and then you try to get your pitch to hit in that situation. So yeah, it is something that you work on for sure. So uh, how often do you uh, you like ringing the bell? Has that become the thing where everybody just cannot wait to get to the end of the dugout, ring the bell, put a <laughs> win on the wall, and all that kind of stuff? I mean, because things like that really do. There is a camaraderie to that, right? Yeah, that's a. That's a and like that's a great thing for psychology wise too. That's how, like how you train dogs or uh, how even the reward system for humans. It's it's a I think it's a good thing for a team to have. And uh, I definitely personally love love ringing the bell, man. That means I did something good for the team. So 
<laughs> You're right. Cool Absolutely. Exciting. <laughs> you bet. Uh, speaking of a signing, you get a guy like Jason Alexander, two starts in the bigs, two really solid outings. Uh, when you get a guy like Woodruff goes down or Freddie Peralta goes down, it is a little bit of a blow. But when you see a guy like that come in and pitch so well, what do you say to a guy like that when he's coming off the mound after a couple of really good starts? Man, just great job. It's it's cool to it's cool to see guys come up for their first time. You know, uh, everybody everybody's story is different. Um, I'm sure his I'm sure his has been a longer one, uh, kind of similar to mine. So I haven't I haven't actually had the chance to talk to him about it yet, but uh, I definitely want to hear it. And uh, it's it's just unreal to see what he's been doing so far, and hopefully it just keeps it up, man. That's what I wanted out there. That's what I wanted to ask you about was your story because you it seems like every time you started to play extremely well and you were showing what you had down in the uh, down in spring training and such all of a sudden somebody else came into the organization you've butted your head against the wall numerous times probably with a lot of frustration how do you feel now And I feel I feel good I'm just I'm just thankful for every opportunity that I've had and uh thankful to be a part of this team right now uh, I did have a I did have a long journey of getting to the big leagues, and uh, it's now that I'm here, I'm just thankful to be here, and uh, I'm having fun playing baseball, the, the game that I love, and it's, it's, I'm doing it with a bunch of great teammates and staff, so I'm just thankful to be here and uh, thankful to have the opportunity to keep learning and playing ball, man. As time went on and you kept Busting your head against that glass ceiling. Uh, wh- what did Craig counsel? What did David Stearns keep telling you? Um, just to control, just to control what I can control, uh, and that's also what I just kept telling myself. You know, you go through times where uh, you, I, I went through times where, like, I was thinking about not wanting to play anymore and uh, having thoughts like that. So. Just, just controlling what I can control is huge for me, and uh, I continue to do, I continue to do that. Uh, your mind, your mind wants to go take you places, uh, especially negative places when things like that are happening or not going your way. So, it's important to control what you, to remember to control what you control and go out there and just remember why you play baseball in the first place and have fun and continue to love it. I so you actually thought about maybe this isn't going to be my career path at one point. What would have been, you know, if you're not playing baseball, what are you doing? Shoot. I I couldn't even tell you, man. I'm just, I just try to be where my feet are, but uh, <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy things like uh, I enjoy psychology a lot. So I definitely would like to help people in that aspect. Uh, I've thought about being like a behavioral therapist or something like that. My cut. My cousin helps kids with his job. He's a wrestling coach in Colorado and a behavioral therapist out there. So I think that's interesting. And I don't, I don't know what I would do after baseball to, or if I wasn't playing. But luckily well, I'm playing baseball right now, so I don't have to think about it yet. Yeah, I was going to say, let's keep you in the bigs for a while, and then you can go do great things uh, in the post-baseball career. But, Tyrone, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Hopefully you guys get a win today. Get back on track, and then we'll talk again soon, okay? I really appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Tyrone Taylor, Brewer center fielder, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. He actually thought about quitting. Kept butting his head against the wall and actually thought about quitting and uh, getting it, getting out of it. That's that's out of all of that. I mean, you take away certain things 
regarding slumps and and you know positive stories and stories like Jason Alexander and he can't wait to talk to him about it and and then veterans going down and struggling and inner because because to me we've all seen what goes out on the field what you want to know from guys like that is what what's you know without giving state secrets away what's it like inside the walls of that clubhouse when nobody else is looking and and what's that mentality and a little bit of an insight there, but uh, but he actually thought about quitting. And I, I we kept saying Tyrone Taylor's eventually going to get here. He just kept every spring training, man. He would just light it up, and then he just never made it. Uh, something would happen, you know. Jackie Bradley Jr. would come in, Hunter Renfro would come in, somebody else would come in, and uh, it it just you know interesting that he just at one point thought maybe this just isn't my career path, man. But uh, glad he stuck with it. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. When we do come back, we're going to hear from Craig Council and some of the comments coming out of last night's contest. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue. They're the guys I've been telling you about for quite some time. Good guys. Veteran-owned company right here in our own backyard with good rubs, good sauces, and some hot sauces they make. They've got like a habanero hot sauce that's really good. Uh, It's good if you put it on, uh, you know, like a fajita some tacos, or it's just good hot sauce. Maybe I know it's sacrilege, but if you get a really good steak, you just put a little bit of that rub on there, that hot sauce rub. Oh, my goodness. Burn Pit BBQ. Right here in our own backyard. They're veteran-owned, been in business a couple of years now. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Good stuff from Tyrone Taylor. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Three of the Bill Michaels show on this Wednesday edition. Talking some uh, Packers football. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Stoley's Hog Alley. Stoles Old 109 up there in Watertown. Beautiful place, but Stoley's Hog Alley continues to be open through the construction. I can't wait for that place to get done. Uh, the uh, drawings of what it's going to look like are fantastic. And to, uh, to still be able to celebrate and uh, a little bit of summer that's left, out there on that upper deck patio, uh, maybe a good cigar, ride on over on a motorcycle, get some good food, because Jeff, Jeff Chef over there has got a, a great selection of food. Uh, but the kitchen's still open. They're still serving. It's, it just is a big construction site right now, though. So they have the tent outside, still food going on. But Stolzel 109 is fantastic. And uh, if you get to either place, uh, whether it's right there in Oconomowoc in Summit or up at uh, Watertown, both places, and are great, and the people are even better. Um, this one's from George, who says, Devondre Campbell was a huge roll of the dice, and they hit the jackpot with him. So do you believe the front office has gone all in, though? Do you believe the front office has gone all in? Because maybe they just knew something, that Devondre Campbell was going to be that good because they were all that, he, he would excel in the Barry system, you know? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, our buddy Mike Clemens uh, on the line right now, live from up in Green Bay. Michael, how you doing? Um, vertical. Uh, I'm standing right here in the end zone, and I was, you know, the pictures we post on the Twitter account. Um, yes. I'm taking pictures of Rogers and Love and Benkert 
taking reps, throwing corner routes to Sammy Watkins and uh, to Christian Watson. And then all of a sudden, 87 goes down and out, and the ball's overthrown. And he, he you know, he was looking inside, and I, I made the right move. I stepped to the left just in time to be uh, avoid being run over by uh, Romeo Dubs, the uh, fourth-round pick. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm going to back off the sidelines now and talk to you. How's that sound? We're inside. No problem. We're, yeah. That's, it's raining here in Green Bay. So, unfortunately, we're not outdoors at the Ray Nischke Field, which means the fans can't watch today's practice. But we're inside, and they got a long practice plan today inside the Hudson Center to the second day of minicamp. So, Mike, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers yesterday said that he wanted to re, uh, retire at Green Bay Packer, but he wasn't going to put a date on it. Did you get a sense? Did I get a sense of what? Did you get a sense that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, obviously he wants to be a Green Bay Packer, and it looks like all the troubles from the past are now just that in the past. But did you get a sense if he's looking at just this season or if he's looking further down the road? Yeah, Bill, He, I mean, he also specified, um, you know, he's, he's back, I think, to beautiful mystery mode in that, all right, look, he's here, he's committed. He said, I committed to this year in March. Uh, yeah, I was in contact with Devontae Adams daily but it got to the point where the guy was just saying look i i want to move to vegas for family and other reasons so they tried to help each other out i mean he, he put that right out there they tried to help each other out he, aaron Rodgers said that 80 percent of their plays passing plays were called as Devonte adams is the target i don't know if that's the right way to run an offense i don't care how good your combination is anyway uh both men got paid uh, Aaron is sorry to see him go at the end of the day, though. Aaron Roberts, Rogers says, it's not my job. It's really not my role to try and sell him on staying with the Packers another couple of years. So he was ready to move on, knowing that there was a good chance that Devontae was not going to be back when he signed his paperwork and came in here. Now he comes in here. He looked, Rogers looked great yesterday. I mean, great. You know, it used to take Favre a couple of weeks in training camp to really get it going. And Rodgers looks like he's been here for three weeks of these OTAs. He looks fresh. He's having fun. He's talking to all the young guys. He talked for 20 minutes to the media. The local media make that, not the national media or Pat show. The local media, he put it all out on the table. So he's going to try and be a positive force and, and back on track. There's even that one photo of him at a local grocery store stocking up uh, for his house. And he ran into a Green Bay area mom and her little daughter and, Pose for a selfie with those two that kind of went viral. So, you know, Rogers is all in and all set. I mean, he, he's a complicated guy. There's a lot of things he still is going to say and do differently. But um, well, I asked Lafleur about it today, and Lafleur said, "Yeah, you know, you're right. You know, you haven't seen the guy throw in four months, and you almost sort of forget about it. And he comes out here, and the first day, it's just like he's just in another level when he throws that football out here." That was going to be, uh, I, I mean, I know throwing the football is fantastic, but it's the guys he's throwing too. One of the things that I thought was interesting was he had said that these guys will be ready whether I'm here or not. We kind of got the indication that he's not going to be at the next voluntary camp, right? Right. There's some more OTAs next week. You know, he's doing his part. He's showing his guys. They're touching a little bit on, you know, his cadence in what he wants in the performations. I mean, he was just doing this here in this simple drill where the, all the receivers and the running backs, by the way, man, you see A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones going off for a lot of passes. Uh, even Mark Murphy, the CEO of the team, said in his letter to the fans over the weekend 
uh, you're going to see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot more involved in the passing game with the departure of Devontae Adams, MVS, and others. So, you know, it, the cat's out of the bag. They're going to use it. And even in their loss to the 49ers, what was their biggest pass play? To Aaron Jones down the right sideline, wide open. Right. And, you know, you've you got to wonder, Bill, if, if they, a more diversified offense rather than Devontae Adams for allegedly 80% of your passing plays keeps a defense guessing a little bit more uh, when you're in a game. So, my, real quick, Mike, and I know you got to run here shortly, but, uh, you know, do you get the sense that this is not – and first of all, I know that uh, there was some talk about Sammy Watkins being a bigger receiver than a lot of people maybe thought he was, and he's he's maybe a bigger target. But do you get the sense that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of comfort with these guys, that he's he feels good from what he's heard and what he's witnessed so far? Or do you think that he's kind of like, hey, uh, Randall Cobb's going to coach him up. He'll get him ready for me when I come back for training camp. Exactly. I mean, we're going to be two and a half weeks into training camp. Then we're going to have joint practices with the Saints. And you're going to see some guys start dropping balls and their legs getting heavy. And Aaron Rodgers complaining about who he can trust and who he can't trust. And he'll let you know who's emerging and who needs to pick up their game. That that part of Aaron's not going to change. He's going to use that platform at his locker once a week with the media and, and probably set the record straight. I don't see him changing that. You know, as for Sammy Watkins, let's face it, you know, the Ravens moved on. I mean, he started, He had a great start to the season. Maybe he and his agent didn't know if hanging with, you know, uh, Lamar was a real good future in terms of a, hooking up with a quarterback is a good passer. But Sammy's, you know, in good health now, run a lot of routes, looks like a veteran who's trying to pick up, you know, a new offense. He's got connections with the wide receivers coach, Jason Vrabel, and, you know, an even a little floor down the line. So, you know, that's, that's not a bad fit, but I, that wide receiver job with still no Lazard, you know, signing or in here yet, um, that is wide open, and everybody knows that here. Uh, later, we're going to talk to Sammy today. We're also going to talk to Jair Alexander for the first time coming back from that broken shoulder he suffered last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then over there on the rehab area today, Bill, it's Dean Lowry on the exercise machine. He has not been on the field, your defensive lineman, along with a Robert Tunyon. And, you know, the, the tight end trying to come back from the ACL and a couple of those guys. So uh, that's an interesting thing to see. There's four or five guys still over there rehabbing as we could take attendance today at practice to see who wasn't ready in June to go 100 percent. So, Mike, uh, with Dean Lowry over there, I know that, uh, you know, they're trying to get everybody back and ready for training camp. They haven't talked much about injuries at all, have they? No, they don't. They don't want to get into it. It's not like they, you know, it's not like they got a game on Sunday. Uh, that's part of their deal, too. So you're not really going to get LaFleur to talk about that. But if the player's in the locker room, then we'll we'll, we'll descend upon them. Um, and, you know, yesterday we had some great conversations with Mercedes Lewis and then with the younger receivers. I got to talk to Christian Watson and Romeo Doves and uh, even Amari Rogers, who, you know, had some pretty revealing statements about, you know, how disappointing his rookie season went. And he's not going to put it just all in the fact that suddenly at the last minute they end up trading for Randall Cobb to, you know, uh, take care of Aaron Rodgers' checklist and the wish list. But, you know, they, they did trust him enough, Amari Rodgers, their third-round pick at wide receiver and special teams, to return in the game against the 49ers. But, you know, he talked about he's lost some weight. He uh, feels he's more tone. And so, you know, I think the Packers are hoping that here's a guy who's at a full – 
second year offseason in Green Bay, working out and getting himself in better shape and hopefully better mentally so that he can compete for one of those positions. The other thing I thought was interesting is yesterday during the 11 on that they were running, you know, some of the riders are just lathering as to who's going to be the slot corner, who's going to be the star, because when Joe Barry right. came to Green Bay, he talked about how important that position is. And we know that if, you, if it's done right, like when they moved Woodson from corner to safety to the nickel, I mean, Woodson ended up becoming defensive player of the year because he was so smart, so experienced, so instinctive, so good fundamentally that he could he could tackle running backs. He could play the ball. He could get picks on short passes. He could cover over the middle on third down. So they're looking to see if they, they can do that. And yesterday, it was Rasul Douglas they put in that spot. Not a Jair, but a Rasul Douglas, who's a bigger guy, a little bit more of a that hybrid linebacker feel. And maybe he could be the candidate at the slot corner, which would just be awesome. If you can have those two speedy corners and Jair and Stokes on the corners and Rasul playing the star, that could be pretty awesome. Well, anything else interesting, Mike, that kind of caught your eye, so to speak, or maybe even caught your ear? Special teams, though, and I asked LaFleur about it today. I go, because to me, you know, the, one of the biggest things for this three-day minicamp, structure of practice. Here's what we want to get done on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Here's the different periods, and, man, special teams just look different. I thought I was, like, in Seattle or something. I mean, it just looked different. The equipment they're using, the squads, um, the, the drills that they were doing, and as Rich Passaccia, the new special teams coach, all over, vocal, po- being positive, but such the educator, and it just looks like there's more strategy involved. And well, first said, yeah, now we're restructuring that. Special. He just came right out and said, we're giving more team in practice to special teams obviously why was you know i know they're going to put a a lot of emphasis on that but is there one area that you can say this is the area that we're we're focusing on or is there something else is is it just kind of an overall uh, approach by basachi because so many areas of that was bad i'm trying to look at formations on like a punt or kick a field goal protection and some of the formations look the same it's the different kinds of personnel, though. I mean, it looks like he's using more of the bigger guys rather than, say, linebackers for just coverage. But the other thing is, you know what? He, I see him working with guys' eyes, just like the receivers coach and the quarterback coach works in the passing games. He's stopping and going to guys on the protection line for punt or field goal and stopping and saying, now look, now where are you where are your eyes at? You, you need to look at this guy first, like at the linebacker position, then you look at the coverage. Then you look at the sideline. So he's, that's one thing where you see detail that I've never seen in Green Bay through Slocum and Zook and all those other guys is that kind of detail. So that must be what they're doing, in, at least in the classroom and when they've got that session out here on the field. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. Appreciate it, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch base again. If anything breaks up there, I'm sure you'll let us know. Always will do, Bill. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes on the Highline. Good stuff from Mike checking in from up in Green Bay. Stay tuned. we got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends over there at San Giorgio and Calder Uncle. I'm stopping down there tonight, as a matter of fact, on my way over to uh, Bud Light Live, or uh, Wednesday Night Live. Stopping down to see Gino and uh, and uh, Robin and everybody uh, down there. I just haven't been down there in a while. I've been trying to make it a point to get down there. I haven't had a chance to see them, but I've been hankering, hankering. For some really, 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 really good Italian food. And I haven't been down there in a while. And 
Uh, not to mention that, you know, look, you got a pizza and, and a dish with your name on it. You got to get down there and grub down on that stuff. Pair it up with Cider Boys every now and then. Oh, that's a good way to go. Say hi to our buddy Gino if you're going down before or after the Brewers game. And uh, stop into San Giorgio, get some pizzas, some really good, authentic Napolitana Italian-style pizza over there at San Giorgio, which is fantastic. They pair it up with Cider Boys. Good stuff from our friends uh, up north of Point Brewing as well. They work well together down there at San Giorgio and over at Napoli, over at uh, San Giorgio and uh, Calderon Club. Calderon Club, best Italian food you're ever going to get. It's just, it just is. Uh, so let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.